0: Welcome to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health, the podcast that shows you how to live a longer and healthier life, showcasing doctors, clinicians, and patient stories. The goal of South Coast Health is to help and inspire you to navigate your health journey with knowledge, comfort, and ease. Hi, everyone. I'm Patricia Raskin, and welcome. Welcome to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health, Today, we're talking to Dr. Joseph Lifrak and also his patient, Michael Cantone. Dr. Joseph Lifrak graduated cum laude with departmental honors in biology from Tulane University in New Orleans. He then earned his medical degree at the Brown University School of Medicine in Providence. Dr. Lifrak completed a surgical internship and orthopedic residency at Brown University Rhode Island Hospital. He then completed an orthopedic trauma fellowship at Rhode Island Hospital and knee reconstruction sports medicine fellowship at the Jewett Orthopedic Clinic in Winter Park, Florida. He's a member and past president of the Rhode Island Orthopedic Society. His clinical interests are focused on sports medicine and knee reconstruction, including total knee replacements, ACL surgery, and knee arthroscopy. Dr. Lifrak is also active in the Providence College athletic programs, with specific responsibility as the team orthopedic physician for Providence Friars ice hockey team. And Michael Cantone is a patient of Dr. Lifrak who underwent two knee replacements at South Coast Health. Mike was a high school and college athlete and played baseball professionally for a year. He has been physically active his whole life, going to the gym five days a week with an hour of cardio. Welcome Dr. Lifrak and welcome Mike.
1: Well, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Yes. All
0: right, so my question, my first question, Dr. Lifrak, is what is the most common orthopedic problem for older adults?
1: So the, the most common thing I see, um, and I'm, my, my practice is a little biased because I take care of a lot of knee issues, is, is knee pain. And actually, if you look at the reasons why patients go to see physicians, it is really for aches and pains as we get older. And the most common joint affected by mm-hmm. uh, pain is the knee so so my practice is set up perfectly for what people complain about the okay. most and that's uh knee pain now
0: in mike's case where he was an athlete and used his knees all the time and has been very active does that contribute the more active you are does that contribute to having problems later in life or not necessarily
1: well it's a little bit of a trick question um, they've actually done studies on some on marathon runners who are elite, and you would say, well, they they probably beat up their knees the most, having to train for marathons, running 100 miles a week, and their cartilage is actually protected when they look at MRIs findings of their of their knees. So, being active in itself is not such a bad thing; it's actually a good thing. But if you beat yourself up and get injuries as you're playing sports, that's the okay. bad thing. So, when you injure your knees, that will have the the, the lasting effects and cause pain and arthritis down the line. So it's not so much being active. I think that's a good thing. It's having injuries that's the bad thing.
0: So are there preventive things that we can do throughout our life to to have optimal orthopedic health?
1: I I think so. I I think it's very important for people to exercise on a regular basis. And typically, non-impact exercise is probably more beneficial. Combining non-impact exercise, such as riding a bike, Or using an elliptical machine with uh, lifting weights and keeping your strength is very important. I think that people, when they don't do much and are not active, they actually get get worse. And and I tell my patients, listen, if you don't do anything and you sit on a couch, you're going to turn to stone. So I think if you're active and and keep up some resistance training, as Mike has done his whole life, and stay cardiovascular fit and stay at a good weight, I think those Mm -hmm. are the most important things we can do to make it so we have uh, good joints and uh, mm-hmm. less less joint pain yeah. as we get older.
0: So, Mike, I know you had a good experience with your knee surgeries, and we'll talk about that more later. But my question is, do you think because of all of the exercising that you've done and staying fit, it's made a difference in your recovery?
2: Oh, 100%. I recently had a buddy of mine who, who played ball, too, in professional baseball, had both his knees done. The first one he had done last year, right around the time that I had mine done, and I saw him at the beach last summer, and he was limping, um, and I asked him why, and he said, I have no idea. He said, it keeps swelling up on me, and so I told him, I said, Ronnie, if you're going to get the other one done, you better rehab better, or you're going to end up in a nursing home and you're out of there. And he had his done last month, and he spent two weeks in a nursing home before they let him go home, and... He's he's still limping. He, he, I saw him the other day and he's he's limping like he was when he had two bad knees. So, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. All right.
0: So the, the exercise really makes a difference. Also, Dr. Lifrak, how important is your attitude, particularly when you have to have a procedure like this? You know, we're scared, we're nervous. You know, what if something happens?
1: Yeah, and that's a natural uh, uh, reaction to any any surgery. So I'm actually, I get a little afraid when patients aren't actually nervous. So, Being nervous is a natural feeling to have if you're going to undergo any type of operation. But being positive and knowing that you're going to recover and being positive and not letting the pain get to you and overcoming that, I think, is extremely important. It's as important as doing your therapy. So if someone has the mindset that they're not going to get better or they can't overcome the pain that they're going to have, uh, I think it's very detrimental to their Mm -hmm. their recovery Mm -hmm. and success.
0: Mm -hmm. Mike, how did your process start in terms of deciding to have the surgery, to have the knee replacements. Was this um, a one-time thing? Did it take you a while?
2: It was probably a four-year process. One day I I felt some stiffness in my left knee, didn't feel stable. Um, And I'm not a doctor guy, like I'll fight it off before I go to a doctor. But it got to the point where it was affecting me working out and at the time I was still playing baseball in semi-pro league. So I uh, went to an orthopedic around here in Johnston. He took an x-ray, he said, we'll give you a cortisone, should be better in a you know, few days. It was better for a few weeks, came back, went back to him a few months later, gave me another cortisone shot. This time he took an x-ray and he said, I got bone on bone. <laughs> so uh, he goes, well, you know, just live with it right now. You're kind of young to get a knee replacement. Um, but I, 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 the more I kept doing stuff, the more it was aggravating me. So I went for a second opinion. And that, that that particular doctor said I was, again, I was too young. I was too active. And if I had a new knee, I'd be back in there in 10 years getting another one. So uh, after that, I went to a pretty well-known doctor down in South County and found out that I needed two knees, not one, two. And he wanted me to get them both done at the same time. He said, don't worry about it. You're an athlete. You know, you'll know you be back in your feet before you know it, um, which wasn't too convincing because of the way he approached it. So it just so happened that, my daughter was working with Dr. Lifrak, and she had mentioned that, you know, why don't you make an appointment with him, Dad? He's he's phenomenal. You'll love him. He's a sport guy, and, you know, go do it. So uh, we went, me and my wife, and uh, as soon as we walked out of the room, my wife said, get it done. He's great. Now, the other three doctors, she was like, I can't believe these guys are doctors. So uh,
0: <laughs> so what was the difference, Mike? What was the difference with Dr. Lifrack?
2: Well, just Doc's personality. I mean, he, first, he got the athletic background. Second of all, um you know, he, he, you could tell he was honest, not that the other guys weren't honest, but but he treated me like not a number,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: but somebody who was, you know, concerned about me because he knew I was active, mm-hmm. um, getting back to where I wanted to be. So that was a big, huge difference.
0: Yeah. So, Dr. Liffreck, what do you have to say about that? I mean, certainly, you know, the patient care is really important, but how do you work with your patients in terms of explaining to them, talking to them? Explain a little bit about the process.
1: Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that by the way. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> so I, I do think it's important that, you know, I, I try to go into every room of every patient and and make believe it's how I would want my family members to be talked to. So people have to understand what's wrong with them. So I think it's important to make sure that they understand in this case what arthritis is and what what that means. I think it's important to give their their, their options on on treatment options and, and as far as uh um, you know, is there some medicine people can take? Are there injections? They people need to know every option that they have in front of them. And then and then I think you give them as a last resort and, and, and I always think of it as a last mm-hmm. resort, a mm-hmm. surgical option because if people can get better without an operation, even though I love doing surgeries and I think it's a fun thing to do and I enjoy going to the hospital every Tuesday to do them, I also think it's a big di- deal. And, and we we go back a little bit to that anxiety and people being nervous. Well, people are nervous for a reason. It's a it's a big op. It's a big deal. It's not a it's not something to be kind of pushed aside mm-hmm. lightly and say, "Oh, don't worry, it's just an operation." No, it's it's a real thing. And so I think if you take all that into consideration and when i talk to people i do take that into consideration i think people appreciate like mike just said you know people they don't want to be thought of as a number and and, and guess what mm-hmm. we shouldn't think of people as just a number in a factory we, we're taking care of people who have real issues they have feelings they're human beings and so <laughs> so i mm-hmm. kind of that's how i approach mm-hmm. all my i try to approach all my patients and i think people like mike uh, I think everybody, I think they, mm. people appreciate it. They, they want to be treated like a person and not a number like Mike said.
0: So you talk to them about the type of anesthesia and the risks or the medications that they need to stop taking. Um, how long they'll be in the hospital, what the rehab will be like. You talk about this. All and, and we
1: have a team here at South coast. So we have, I have a nurse practitioner that's worked with me for 22 years. So my whole career, So I have, uh, her name is Joni, and she's been with me for 22 years. So we obviously know each other pretty well. Uh, She knows what I like to do. So she gets involved with the care once someone decides to have surgery. We have a whole team at South Coast. We have what's called a nurse navigator that makes sure everything's being done in the appropriate time. Are they seeing their medical doctor to get clearance to have surgery? Are the appropriate lab works being done? So everything is coordinated in such a way that I think it gives the people less anxiety so patients have less anxiety because they know what's going on. They're informed about all the things that are happening. Mm -hmm. And when people know more about what's happening, they feel more comfortable, and they do better. They do well, uh, and that's been shown in studies. Um, So that's what we try to do.
0: Mike, would you comment on that, on what Dr. Leverett is, in, in terms of the team that you got at South Coast?
2: Oh, was yeah. They they were great. I mean, it helped obviously. My daughter was was the working there, so th- a lot of them knew, you know, that I was her dad. But um, they it it was comforting, you know. I mean, they kept coming in the room before the surgery, checking me. You okay? You You're nervous? You know, you'll be good. He's great. Um, and then same thing with after the surgery. Um, you know, very polite, coming in there every minute, checking me you okay? And actually, uh, let me know. I guess I didn't know it. I, I had sleep apnea. They let me know that, that I had a slight case of sleep apnea. So um, I'm, working on getting a machine mm-hmm. for that, which I never knew, but I guess while I was in surgery, I, you know, whatever symptoms they are, I had. So, but, but a great team.
0: Um, Dr. Lifrak, is this an outpatient procedure?
1: It uh, depends on, on um, the age and health of the patient. So a young, healthy guy, uh, yes, they, they go home the day of, which is, you know, Compared to when I started my career 22 years ago, it didn't matter how old you were, how healthy you were, you were in the hospital for three days, you had IV pain medications, then you went to rehab for two weeks after. So this was a three-week out-of-the-house ordeal 22 years ago, and now you go home the same day if you're healthy. Now, if you have some medical issues, if you're over 75, I like to keep people in the hospital at least one night just to make sure everything goes well, and they typically go home the next day.
0: Okay, for the most part. So as you said, it depends. And when you talk to your patients before they go in, do you explain the risks? I mean, do you go over what are the risks? What are the percentage of the risks? What the complications might be? How do you explain that to patients?
1: I do. I I have uh, a standard discussion with them about the risk of surgery. The biggest risk with a knee replacement is infection. So you know, if you look at the national average, the national average is 1%. I think if I had a 1% infection rate, I think I'd stop doing surgery because I'd be so distraught. I've been at South Coast now for eight years, and, and knock on wood, I haven't had any infections, and I do about 150 of these a year. So so our, our infection rate is very low, but I tell people it, it can happen. Mm-hmm. I tell them about blood clots, and I tell them how we're going to treat blood clots by putting them on aspirin after surgery, I tell them that the metal and plastic could wear out, but we think they're going to last for about 40 years now because mm-hmm. of uh, technology we have today. So, yes, I go through the whole litany of, of possible issues that could happen because, again, we're back to, you know, what, what should people know? They should know everything. They should know all the stuff that could happen to them, and they have to be informed about all that. And I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. And what about, and I'll ask Mike this too, what about the aftercare? I mean, I'm sure that it was explained to Mike, but Mike, how long did it take you to kind of get back and move again?
2: Okay. So I have had two knees done. So my, my, my left one I had done, it was all my fault because I didn't know what to expect. So I kind of babied it. And I was told many times by my wife, you know, you're a baby, you know, nothing's going to happen. Just, you know, push, push, push. My, my right one was phenomenal. Even people at the gym still ask if I had like arthroscopic surgery, not a total knee replacement because I got there at 7 in the morning. I was home at 2 in the afternoon, and I was grocery shopping with my wife at 2.30 for getting food. Wow. For so uh, I, mean, I had a walker. Don't get me wrong. I had a, walk, I had a walker. and um, yeah. But, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I just had my knee replaced, and I'm walking around Market Basket on a walker, you know, picking out groceries. Yeah. Um, and, and, again, there's pain. Don't get me wrong. But, but like Doc said, I mean – if, if you're a couch potato and you haven't disciplined yourself your whole life to get yourself in shape, if if you have an operation, right. there's no way you're going to have that discipline to get yourself back where you should be because you haven't done it your whole life. So, you know, people got to understand right. that, that, you know, when you have a surgery like this, it can change your life. I mean, if you, if you just sit back and don't rehab it, you're going to have pain in your knee. You're also going to have probably cardiac issues because you're not going to be active enough. Um, so it's a kind of like a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Dr. Liffreck, is Mike typical? I mean, it, you know, he said he was, you know, shopping with a walker, you know, an hour later or four hours later. Is that typical
2: or not?
1: No, no, this is the first I'm hearing of that. I'm like, what are you doing well, going well, shopping? Are you crazy? No,
2: we're on, the, we're on the, no, it's not we cool. the way home, and we had to pick up my prescription at CVS, which is down the street from Market Basket. My wife said, "Well, you know, can I run in?" And I was like, "Yeah, but I'm, I'm not sitting here because it was uncomfortable sitting down." I said, "Let yeah. me let me stretch it out." So I, you know, we got the walker out, and I, you know, it wasn't out there an hour, but fifteen minutes or so.
0: And how long has it taken, Mike? At all you know since the
2: surgery. This right knee, believe it or not, I was at the gym in, in ten days. It it took wow. me my left knee. It probably took me about three and a half four weeks to actually make a complete turn on a bicycle. My right knee, it was like eleven days, and I was I was doing a full. So yeah, I right. mean, people wow. people think when I tell them the story that how quick, and even mostly people at the gym because they see me daily, they just shake their head. They're, they're like, "That's crazy," you know. Like you know, people six months later still having problems. I mean. There, there are days where it's a little yeah. stiff, but you understand my work ethic is, you know, obviously not normal.
0: Right. But, but Dr. Lifrak, wouldn't you say Mike's recovery is because he has stayed so active in his life?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's back to, you know, the body in motion stays in motion. So it's really, you know, he, ha- that's the surgery, which, you know, the surgery takes about 90 minutes. So that, that's the easy part, but the rehab, you know, takes three months. So you know, Mike is accelerated, so, he, you know, he's the A student after a knee replacement, I will tell you that. Yeah. But, you know, most people, by three weeks when they come to see me, aren't using a cane anymore, they're walking around. Uh, I saw right. a, a couple people I did three weeks ago today, they're doing great. Um, but but people really improve vastly for three months. And at three months, that's when people typically, mm-hmm. when they're not Mike, uh, go back to work and, and playing golf and bowling and, and doing what they want in life. Yeah. So
2: good. For most of his life, Dan, from Situate, Massachusetts, has struggled with obesity. 8 or 10
1: years old, I started getting, you know, chubby. By the time I graduated high school, I think I was between 275 and 300. Went on a roller coaster and I'm ready to go, and they, the guy comes walking up to me. My thighs were so big, he couldn't get the, the latch to, to latch, and I had to get off the ride. Okay, like enough is enough.
2: So Dan contacted the South Coast Health Weight Loss Center. The program as a whole is what was the, the key to
1: me picking them over Boston. And I was a 46 going into 48, and now I'm a 30-inch waist.
2: South Coast Health Weight Loss Center has helped transform more than 6,500 lives. To learn more about how they can help you, too, call 844-744-5544 or go to southcoast.org. I'm living proof to show if you put the work in on anything that you can get what you want. South Coast Health gave me the tools, and here I am, you know, with my health forever. Take impossible, throw it out of your vocabulary. South Coast Health, more than medicine.
0: All right, I wanna move over now and talk about sort of the techniques, you know, the techniques that you use. Now, I know that um, you have used something called Mako Robotic Arm Assisted Surgery. How do you use it? How is it used at South Coast, and who's a good candidate?
1: So the Mako Robotic Arm Surgery is the technique I use for all of my knee replacements. So basically, it's the way that I actually put a knee replacement in. So when we do a knee replacement, which is actually a bad name for the operation. It's really a knee resurfacing operation. So we're putting metal caps on the bone. In order to put the metal caps on, we have to cut the bone to the shape of the metal caps. So in the old days, which I can't even say that because a lot of guys are still doing it this way, we'd use a handheld saw and we'd have these jigs and slots we'd cut through and that's what would shape the bone. Now I have a robotic arm. That actually knows where the patient's knee is in space, and that's what actually cuts the bone. So I can manipulate the robotic arm mm-hmm. before we even start surgery. So it actually puts the knee in the exact right place for every patient. So every patient's a little different, and it allows me to get the most accurate results as possible.
0: Is it difficult to I mean cuz you're not using your arm you're using a robotic arm is it difficult to manipulate that at No all?
1: no the robotic arm comes into the surgical field obviously it's sterile it has basically a saw attached to it so basically I'm holding the saw but that saw is attached to the robotic arm and that robotic arm will only let me put the saw where where it should go so if I wanted to cut in the wrong spot it won't let me it only cuts exactly where We've programmed it to cut to give the person
0: the best possible results. Right, but you're programming it. I mean, you have to program it, So obviously. Right. So what do you think are the key patient benefits associated with robotic surgery?
1: Well, I I think the biggest benefit is accuracy. So this is the most accurate way hands down to put it in a knee replacement. There's no questions about that. Mm -hmm. It allows me to make it so that the knee's not too stiff or too tight because when we put in a knee, we leave the ligaments alone except the anterior cruciate ligament. We take that out as with any knee replacement. So the ligaments that stay, if we put too much metal in and make it too tight, we haven't taken enough bone, that people will not have a good result. If we make it too loose, they won't have a good result. So the robot allows it to be perfect every time. So the accuracy of, of the robot is unbelievable. Now, a little side thing is the robot, like I said, won't cut outside the lines of the bone. So it's like coloring and not being able to color outside the line. So, so the, the chance of injuring something with the saw, like a ligament, which could happen in the old way, it can't happen anymore because mm-hmm. the robot actually will not cut where the ligament is located.
0: So it's minimally invasive.
1: Well, it's the same incision as before, but it it allows that the saw won't go anywhere that it shouldn't go. Okay,
0: all right. So, South Coast investment in robotic assisted technology. What does this mean for our whole region?
1: I I think it's great. You know, it, people come in and say, "Well, how come everybody's not doing this? How come I I saw Doctor So and so he doesn't do the robotics? Why not?" And I just had that conversation with a patient today, actually, and I can tell you really the three reasons why everybody's not doing this. One, they have to learn how to do it. So a lot of doctors don't want to take the time. They've done it their own way, their own way for 25 years. They don't mm-hmm. want to learn a new technique. So they don't want to do it. That's one. Two, a lot of doctors think it takes more time because it's a new technology. It takes extra time during surgery. It surely does not. We did three knee replacements yesterday. They all took about 85 minutes. I I, I never did them any quicker without the robot. So it doesn't really add time once you learn how to do it. And the third Reason why people don't do it is and why South Coast is. I'm grateful The South Coast is that they have to put out the money to buy the robot, and it's expensive. Each robot costs a million dollars. So, a lot of hospital systems will say, Well, wow. we don't want to put that million dollars into the investment because you know the hospital's not getting paid mm-hmm. more to do a knee replacement with robotics, but it's a benefit for the patient. I think South Coast has realized that absolutely and is willing to spend that money right. so that patients in this area have, have better results.
0: All right, And I'm more satisfied. So Mike, I'm going to move back to you. If someone's listening to this and they're about to have orthopedic surgery, or they're thinking about it, haven't gone through it, what would you, what would be your advice to them?
2: Oh, without a, without a doubt, do it. Like I said, I've had numerous friends and former athletes who've had it done. And some have experienced good results and others not so good results. That was before I met Dr. Lifrak. I mean, now they're, they're seeing me and they're like, you know, where's this guy? You know, what's the address? I mean, I, you know, I, he knows like the girl I work with just recently had, had it done a few months ago with them. Another guy I had coached high school baseball with, went and see him. People are asking me cause they'll see me on Facebook. they will see me at the gym and they will see me out. And, and the other thing is my scars. Are, I don't know if it's a freakish thing, but you, like, they'll look at my knee and they'll be like, you had a knee replacement? Like, what, what did they put a whole new skin graft on? I go, no, it's, it's, it's just, it's just, I'm lucky, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm that lucky person that, you know.
0: Absolutely. And for people who are thinking about having this done, what should they do? Should they research? Should they see more than one person? What, what would be the preparation in your opinion? Number
2: one, get yourself in shape. That speeds the process up incredibly. And, and also prior to, when you build up your quad, I, mean, I mean, Doc, you can jump in, but I feel once you build up your quadriceps and you already have muscle there, it's a lot easier to, to get it back. You know, when you go and rehab at the gym, I went to rehab at my PT place for, I only went five visits. Uh, that's all I needed. And I ended up going back to my gym and doing this stuff because I actually felt bad mm-hmm. that other people needed more, more attention than I did. So it's, it's a self-discipline thing. But, but if right. it, it gets to the point where you can't walk downstairs and your quality of life is, is not what it should be, it's time to get it done. And like I said, you know, when you go to like Dr. lifrack and you get the results I had, again, I, I may be that lucky person, but everybody I've talked to, they cannot believe that I've had two knees replaced in just over a year. So,
0: Dr. Liffrack, what would you say to patients who are thinking about this? What would be your advice before they even come to see you?
1: So my advice is to try to try, you know, non-medical uh, solutions to your pain. So that can be exercising on a regular basis. It can be losing weight. And then I tell everybody, surgery is the last resort. So when Mike gets to the point where he needed his operation, th- th- he was at his wit's end. He had done everything under the sun. And I-, I emphasize that when I see patients in the office. Do everything you can. When everything in the world has failed and you have more bad days than good days and you can't do what you want in life, then I can fix your knee and do a knee replacement and, and make you happy.
0: Right. What about nutrition? Any nutritional suggestions here or supplementation, calcium, um, glucosamine, chondroitin? What's your feeling about that?
1: Yeah. So, so none of that will really help knee arthritis, but it is important for surgery. So there's a lot of studies coming out that it's very important that you have your vitamin D levels at a normal range. So taking vitamin D supplements has been shown not only in knee replacements, but in sports injuries to help being low in vitamin D can make it more, you're more injury prone. So vitamin D is very important. Calcium is important, especially in women when they're getting osteoporosis. I rely on people's bone quality when I'm doing surgery. So to have good bone quality is very important. Exercise helps with bone quality as well. So that's very important. And it's good to be uh, healthy. You know, we check people's albumin, which is a, a marker in your blood to see if you have enough uh, nutrition and protein in, in, in mm-hmm. your blood system that makes it so you're not malnourished. And so being malnourished is not a good thing. So being, eating healthy, I think, is really, really important.
0: What about women in menopause or premenopause where their bones might be at risk?
1: Yeah, that, that's an there? important thing. And and I talked about Joni, my nurse practitioner who's been with me. She's actually an osteoporosis specialist. So she's certified in osteoporosis management. And if I get in and we're doing a knee and we're using the sore and the bone is really soft and I can tell how hard or soft people's bones are, we actually have Joni work with that, those patients and go through the whole thing with a bone density test and doing calcium levels and vitamin D levels to make sure their bone health is good because, like you just said, uh, especially in postmenopausal postmenopausal women, osteoporosis is a, is
0: a big issue. All right. And so that can be helped, as you said, with supplements, with exercise, with nutrition, with self-care. Correct. All right. Closing thoughts. What would you like to leave our listeners with, Mike?
2: That if you have any questions about getting a knee replacement, or any kind of replacement, but specifically your knees, just understand the fact that you only live once. And every day that you're suffering, you know, you feel you can get by, you're not getting back. You know, too many people nowadays, you know, you're here one day, you're going the next. So you might as well be healthy and go to your final final leg, able to walk and and enjoy life. That would be my final statement.
0: Thank you, wonderful. Dr. Lifrak, your closing thoughts.
1: Uh, You know, take care of yourself be healthy, exercise. And when you have knee issues, go to a reputable doctor. There are a lot of us out there. And if you ever need any, uh, any, any problems uh, to be seen for your knees, I, I'm more than happy to see anybody out there that needs to be seen.
0: Wonderful. And to learn more about robots, you can go to southcoast.org slash robots. And also to learn more about South Coast Health Orthopedic Services, you can visit the link in this episode's show notes. And at southcoast.org slash ortho. It's been an, a pleasure to work with both of you and interview with both. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you very much, too.
0: See you in November,
2: Doc. Hi, right, Mike. All right, buddy.
0: Thank you for listening to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health. To subscribe to this podcast, visit www.southcoast.org forward slash healthy dash aging while you are there, we want to hear from you. Please take the time to complete a quick survey so we can learn more about the topics for upcoming episodes that you are most interested in to live a healthy lifestyle. Thank you to our hosts, Patricia Raskin and South Coast Health. This podcast is brought to you by creative content developer, Raskin Resources Productions, and produced by Virtually You.